Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Alex, what do you got? So, Kanye, uh, throughout the last year, he's had this uh, partnership with Gap. Well, earlier this year, he did go ahead and release a $200 blue puffer, round jacket is what it's called. But today, on Wednesday, there was a little surprise. Uh, He went ahead and dropped a pre-order for a double-layered 100% cotton sweatshirt. So it comes in six colors. Does anybody want to take a guess at how much the adult size is? All right, hold on. Hold on, because George and I were playing the prices right just the other day. We were trying to figure out prices of things. All right, tell me again, is it a hooded sweatshirt? It, it is a hooded sweatshirt, and it's 100% cotton. It is du- double-layered, so pretty comfy, I imagine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I do like a nice, comfy hoodie. Okay, you go into the Gap. You're going to buy the Kanye hoodie. Does it say his name all over it? Uh, no, it does not. It's actually pretty clean. Hmm. What distinguishes this as a Kanye hoodie? Well, I mean, all of his stuff is actually pretty, you know, neutral. Like, it's not super flashy for the most part, especially when it comes to his clothes. Mm-hmm. All right, George, you got a guess here on the cost of the I Gap mean, you asked all Kanye? these questions and are not going to guess? Well, no, I was going to give you the first guess. <laughs> then why the hell were you asking all these questions? So that I could then hear your guess. And then I could work off of it. I don't I know. $850. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, Sedano. So, Cap, what, what's your guess? I'm going to go under $800. I'm going to go with like 30 bucks. <laughs> okay. Uh, Greg, do you want to take a wild guess here? $250. Okay. Please don't tell me Sedano's right that it's an $800 hoodie. No. Actually, Cap, you were the under, and you're actually a lot closer than both of them. For the adult sizes, it's 90 bucks, and for kid sizes, it's 70 Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it comes in black, blue, red, purple, brown, and yellow. So it's actually, I was looking at them right now, and they're actually not that bad. They're, they're pretty nice. Okay, Shocking. excellent. Excellent, then. All right, so get yourself your Kanye hoodie if you want to buy that hoodie. Are you going to buy one, George? Kanye. Uh, I, no, 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 not for me. Yeah, I can officially tell you right now that um, there's no chance, none whatsoever, that I'm going to buy the Kanye hoodie. And I can't even remember the last time I went into a Gap. It's got to be, I don't know, maybe 86, 87, something like that. Yeah. Oh, was that a Gap? Then I would have guessed way lower. I didn't hear that part. Because Gap isn't selling an $800 sweater. I thought it would be like Lululemon or something. You know, to be selling it. Then it would be worth $800. I mean, you can't buy anything at Lululemon for under like 150 bucks. That guy, those guys, they got it right. They got a nice pair of pants, I can tell you that right now. The ABCs, those are great pants. They last forever. I have forever. them. I own like I three different pairs of them. They're so comfortable. I love them. I wear them on TV all the time. No one can they tell are, the difference. I, I will wear them, honestly, with a sport jacket, and no one will know that they're Lululemon, like, casual pants. They look like slacks, dress pants. Yeah, yeah. They Except are amazing they feel pants. like they feel like sweats, basically. How like much does that run? Sweats. Yeah. 
I would say Lululemon ABC pants are probably like 120, 150 yeah. bucks in that range. Somewhere. But I'll, and and by the way, it hurts when you're paying for them because you're like, gosh, am I really paying 120 dollars? But you wear them a lot. These? But they, they're great pants. You wear them well, all the time. I, I don't. I don't ever mind paying for stuff if I know I'm going to wear it a lot. Yeah, I wear these ABC pants all the time. Although the other day I did try and get into a pair, and uh, it was a bit of a struggle. I have to admit. Really, you know, the, bro. Uh, I mean, they stretch, don't they? Well, I know, but it's the muffin top issue that I was dealing with that I uh, was having a hard time buttoning them up, you know? Yeah. I actually looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, my God, man, what has happened to you? You bought these pants. They were loose. They felt good. You loved them. You wore them all the time. Now you can't even button them. Look at you. What a disaster. What happened to you? I you, know. Do you really talk to yourself, though? Or do I you do. Just, like, I do. It? I talk to myself. Like, I'm like, look at yourself. <laughs> like, look at you, man. What's wrong with you? What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Um, Russell Westbrook. There's two things on Russell Westbrook I want to get to. One of them, uh, look, I'll just be honest. It was a shot at the Clippers. Um, and... Uh, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise to you guys. Russell Westbrook grew up a Laker fan. He idolized Kobe. He was got to be Kobe's teammate at the Olympics. And, um, you know, he's told the story. He used to skip out on school at nine years old to watch the parades and all that stuff. But basically, Tommy Shepard, who is the uh, general manager of the Washington Wizards, told uh, said in an interview today that he said, hey, you know, Russ considered staying here. He basically said, hey, I'd like to get to the Lakers, but if you can't get me to the Lakers, I- I'll happily stay here. And that Tommy asked him, well, what about the Clippers? And Russ's reaction was like, hell no. Nah. And it's like, poor well, Clippers are t- taking that, a stray again. Yeah, it so. just embodies, though, the attitude of L.A. sports fans. You know, it, it's why when we were talking about a week ago about Steve Ballmer and, uh, you know, his new arena, you know, it's a great idea. You want to create your own identity. You want to have your own fan base, your it own building. It is the smartest thing he could have ever done. Yes. Absolutely, a thousand percent. And as long as he's got the money and he's not asking the public to build it for him, um, good for him. Yes. Uh, so... But, but seriously, like Russell Westbrook's attitude about the Lakers versus the Clippers is consistent with everybody else's attitude. For the most part, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, it, the interesting part about people's attitude about Russ, though, is that the notion is, and it's one that I've had, but I haven't thought of this differently until recently, is that, ooh, can Russ adjust to playing with LeBron? Can he play the D. Wade role, right? Because those guys have similar skill sets, yada, yada. And that's been my position that I feel like, you know, I think that at this stage of his career, maybe Russ has to. Now, our pal Kendrick Perkins and I were talking about this on the jump yesterday, and I didn't, I didn't remember to discuss it because it just didn't come up. But today I wanted to discuss it because he brought up an interesting little dynamic that he said, well, George, I actually think at this stage of his career – LeBron may be the guy that adjusts to Russ that he may do the whole D Wade thing where, and for those that aren't familiar when LeBron went to play with Wade the first year, obviously Wade was great. Um, and you know, he might've been the finals MVP, but LeBron had a poor series against the Dallas Mavericks and they lost as everyone remembers. But in that off season, Dwayne Wade went on vacation with LeBron and told him, Hey bro, if we're going to win and this thing's going to work, you got to be you and you got to be the guy to have the ball in your hands, I'll play off you, I'll figure out me, don't worry about it. So Kendrick Perkins is telling me that he believes that LeBron will do what D-Wade did to him, that he will, like, tell Russ, Russ, do you, I will figure out where my place is, which would be fascinating because LeBron is as talented, he's the most talented player I've ever seen play basketball. Um, Is he capable of doing that? Sure. Um, Has he done it before? In certain places like he's I don't want to say deferred 
but he's a you know he's had other guys on his roster that are capable of doing things like Kyrie and Dwayne Wade, much like Russell Westbrook could do. But at the end of the day, LeBron has still been the guy who's been the most dominant with the ball in his hands. But Perkins, Kendrick Perkins, is telling me it's going to be the other way around that 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 LeBron will take the D Wade role uh, when they play together, and that Russ will be allowed to do his thing. Doesn't really surprise me, and and if it happens that way, the way that Perkins predicts that it will happen. It won't really surprise me, and I'll, I'll go on, but, but let me ask you a question. Would it surprise you if, if LeBron is a selfless, egoless, um, a, a player who, who's only about a championship, not about who scores the most or who wins the most individual honors, if he's a, a, a team-first, championship-only attitude, would that surprise you? No, that part wouldn't surprise me at all. It just would be different in the sense of I've never seen it before, to be honest with you. Not not to the extent that the way Kendrick Perkins described it, that he would be the guy that would take the back seat for someone else. Because, again, LeBron is a very good teammate, both on and off the floor, where he gets guys involved. Like, he's as good as anyone, maybe since Magic, doing that stuff. But, it, you know, the ball is generally in his hands more times than not. Uh, this would mean, of course, you know, that it would be the opposite of that, which would be fascinating, I think, just to see it. Well, you know, you go back to that story about Dwayne Wade. And, you know, listen, I, I've heard that story before, and I think a lot of people probably have as well, where, where Dwayne Wade says to him, look, look, you've got to take over. You've got to be LeBron James. I will be willing to be your number two. Even though you've come to my team and I've already been a champion, you take over. You be one, I'll be two. I don't really care about anything else other than winning a championship. And if you're one and I'm two and we win, it's all good. And I feel like LeBron is very capable from a basketball perspective. Forget egos for a second. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, from an ego standpoint, I respect the fact that LeBron has essentially built the team that he now wants. And he's got the players around him that he wants. And they have different skill sets, perhaps, than players that he's had in the past. So as a quarterback, you know, you'd love to throw the ball 75 yards down the field and score quickly. But if your team is better served throwing dink and dunk and short passes and methodically moving down the field, and maybe your statistics aren't as impressive and maybe you don't win the MVP, but you ultimately win the Super Bowl, then you adjust. And I feel like LeBron is a quarterback who now looks around at what he has, looks at his receivers, looks at his running backs, and he goes, you know what? We've got a guy here who has uh, you know, a special set of skills. So what am I going to do? Tell him to be number two or number three? Hey, look, you be the best you you can be, and I'll work off that because I can work off anything on a basketball court. So... What Perkins is selling is something that I'm willing to buy, George. I actually think this is precisely why LeBron built the roster the way he did. Because he's willing to make adjustments to his game. And I don't think, maybe I'm wrong here, I just don't think LeBron at this stage of his career should be caring that much, and I don't think he does, about winning MVPs versus winning championships. Oh, winning I, I MVP don't think... Yeah, I don't think he cares about winning MVP. Well, that's I mean, hey, look, if it, if he can win one, he he's going to take it. Don't get me wrong, um, because he's always going to put up incredible numbers anyway. This is my point, though. Is you know how many times during a basketball season do we talk about LeBron as MVP? You know, and I just feel like we 
talk more about it, and I think we, the fans, the media, I think we care more about it than he does. In the final analysis... Oh, no, but he, he, he cares. He cares more about championships than that, but I, I think both things can be true. I think that at this stage of your career, as you tinker every offseason with your roster and knowing that you have fewer years ahead of you than you have behind you, the only thing that LeBron James cares about and the only thing he should care about, and I think this is the only thing that he does, is just winning championships. Yeah, I think he cares about that the most. I still think he will take it as a slight that he's wasn't voted the best player in the league heading into the season by ESPN or whatever. He uses all that stuff no different than Michael Jordan used to use that kind of stuff, and all great players do that stuff. Can he, can he make the adjustment to his game to allow Russell Westbrook yes. to be I mean, Russell? And- yes, he can. Um, I want to see it. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that I don't believe that he would do it. I just want to see it because I've never seen it before like that. But yes, he can. To answer your question, yeah. Well, that's that's really an interesting take by Perk. But I mean, listen, there's a guy who's a former NBA player and he's been around a lot of greats and he's been a champion himself and and you know he's an and he's been around now. LeBron. Yeah, and he's been around. So so he knows. I, I think I'm going to buy this again because I'm going to yield to his expertise and his relationships. And I think that if this happens, if what Perkins is selling actually happens, where LeBron makes adjustments to his game so that you can take advantage of Russell's talent and not ask him to change, I'll change. It's fine. I I can, I will. Um, If that happens, I mean, this is going to be one exciting and very interesting NBA season. Bergman, how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> I just feel that he can do all this stuff. He is good enough that he is going to be able to have with Russell Westbrook. He's gonna, they're going to work out. You guys were talking about it, but like, where does Anthony Davis fall into all that? If you're talking about ones and twos and all that kind of thing, I think they're all. It's nobody's going to have any egos on this team. I just don't see that. Um, I think Anthony Davis is going to get his because he's the most dynamic player on the floor. Um, so, like, if you if you if you're giving a one and a two, is there actually does he fall into one two and Russ is three? Does well, he's not LeBron a one. Go to I three? think everyone sees that he's not a one. Right. Is that so, fair? So, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. He's got to become I don't, that. I, and by the way, I think it's hard for anybody. And it's, this isn't a shot at him. I and I say that based on this simply. It is very hard to be a number one on any team when you don't have the ball in your hands all the time. No, so so if he's not the one, he's the two or the three, right? Right, and some nights he'll be the two and some nights he'll be the three. All right, well, so, I mean, look, I think it's all going to work out. I think all three of them are not going to have any type of issue whatsoever, and it's they're all going to work together to make this all work. I don't think there's going to be any ego involved. Okay, great. I think when you have talented people, you try to get as much out of them rather than trying to say, hey, no, fit this. You know, you fit in this way on our team. No, we went out and got you. We know what you are. So be you. And the team will have to make adjustments so that we can get the best out of you. I just don't think that's that far-fetched. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of which, the Raiders are doing that with one particular player. We'll tell you who on the other side. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That rejoin is getting a lot of mileage. It really is. Um, I think somebody liked Vaxxed and Waxed. I was really disappointed to find out that someone had already coined the phrase, printed a T-shirt, selling it. I don't even want to buy it now because I wanted to make my own T-shirts that said Vaxxed and Waxed. Well, I mean, clearly someone was more creative than you. And, uh, oh, not, I don't know about creative. They just pulled the trigger. I mean, I had designed the shirt and the whole deal and then i just never pulled the trigger by the way speaking of wax george yesterday afternoon you and i were talking about um the waxing of my inner nostrils Mm -hmm. and how i was going to give that practice up and um i told you that i had a bunch of inner nostril zits which are like the most painful thing on planet earth i'm about two-thirds of the way in i've gotten two of them and i had that relief moment like oh god they popped it uh, my my nose isn't all swollen but i'm telling you right now if I was sitting across from you, you'd see my whole nose is red, and there's one more. It's deep in there. I've played with tweezers. I've had my cell phone camera in my mirror. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to get it. I got tweezers up in there. I haven't been able to get the one last one. I'm done getting my nostrils waxed. Done. All right, cool. You should try it. No, why would I want to do that? I just you do have the nice trimmer. Nostrils. It's the, nice and the clean. Electric you know? trimmer is just fine. And my nose hair doesn't grow that fast anyway. So I mean, I could braid mine. Excellent. I'm sure that's uh, exactly what people driving home wanted to hear. Well, it's probably, can you imagine my kids? They complain about my breathing. They complain yeah. about my chewing. Can you imagine if I braided my nostril hairs? Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, you were talking earlier about uh, you know the issues with uh, your pants. Um, Lindsay had sent this to me yesterday and I forgot to get into it yesterday and I wanted to get into it today. Uh, a new health study sounds the alarm. If you can't fit into your jeans, you wore at 21 years old. Um, okay. same, the same study found that people found that people who can't fit into those jeans, uh, but then reduct their BMI by losing a significant amount of weight can reverse the risk. So basically it's just what's saying it, what it's saying is. You need to lose a little weight. You need to be similar size to you were at 21. Now, it's funny because we were talking earlier about the NBA, and Pat Riley used to live by this mantra. Uh, well, still lives by this mantra. And he does it for himself and for players. And he always used to tell me, you know, George, as you get old, you got to get leaner. Now, the pandemic has helped me in that sense. I dropped like 10, 15 pounds. Now, I put a few back. Um, but so I'm not necessarily at 21-year-old uh, waistline, but I'm close. I'm within striking distance, like within five pounds. I'm not that far off. 21? I'm not that far off. Come on. I mean, What's not that far off? I'd call it 10 pounds. I'd call it two inches. I mean, it's doable. It's, it's doable in a short period of time. You know, we once had this conversation, I believe, on the air about Levi jeans and how once your waistline is bigger than the inseam, um, once the W is a bigger number than the L. So if your pants are 36, 32, you may not be feeling so good and you may not want to advertise that on the back of, the, of a pair of Levi's. I think when I was 21, I would guess that I was probably a 34, 32. What were you? When I was 21 years old? Yeah. 
I was in that range, like 30, like, you know, like between, you know, 32, 33, 34 in that range. Like, yeah, like I'm a 34 right now. I was probably more like a 33, um, you know, which very few people, ha- you know, actually make a 33. Right. Um, but I was like in between 32 and 34, and I'm 34 right now very comfortably. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a 36. And if I went above 36, they'd be too big. And if I went below 36, they'd be too tight. And 36 is all right, but it's not that great. But I, I am I don't I don't think I could get into my jeans that I was 21. Um, I've got a couple of suits hanging in my closet, George. I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, maybe yeah. I should wear this. I took out the pants. I tried to put them on. I couldn't even button them. I mean, I really could not button them. Yeah. So all right, Bergman? I mean, I guess I guess this is so, a problem. When I was when I was in high school, I was a 32 30. I have shorter legs, so I have the 30 length mm-hmm. um now i am a 36 30 uh, and probably a little bit tight could go with the 37 if they made it 38 <laughs> would probably be too big but definitely wearing 36 right now so yeah i need to lose weight i get it thanks well, study I'm just, I'm just telling you the study says. <laughs> i know thanks for making me feel bad so let me get this straight i'm 50 and I'm supposed to get into the exact same pair of pants that I wore when I was 21. Come on, To man. be healthy. To be healthy. That's asking a lot. I mean, I wonder yeah. how many people Is it could though? actually. Well, how many people do you suppose? Not many, but yeah. that we also live in a country of obese people. Right. But I'm just seriously like, how many people do you know that are 50 years old that could get into the jeans that they wore when they were 21 years old? Oh, I mean, from a percentage standpoint? Yeah. Well, how many? What percentage do you think? I mean, under 20%. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I might even go under 5%. I mean, I mean, that may be low. I have some fit friends. But, um, but yeah, I would say less than a fifth, yeah, of the friends I have. My goodness, man. I'm supposed to wear the same jeans today. Now, look, I got some T-shirts in my drawer that are definitely 30 years old. No question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got some old T-shirts in my drawer that I don't know why, but I just... Like, just don't give up on them. Don't wear them. They just sit in the drawer. Yeah. You're 30 You know years what old. my problem is? I love bread. Like, well, and carbs and things yep. like that. Yep. Like, you put a slice of a, a pizza pie in front of me, I'm going to grab a, a slice or two. That's just oh. the reality of it. Oh, my God. You know? For sure. You know, if, if you put, like, um, I love breads, too. Like, I I mean, Italian bread, French bread, you know, croissants. Like, you name it. I got it. How do you it. feel like, about I mean, a ciabatta? How do you feel about that? Ciabatta's nice. I like ciabatta. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and yeah, like I, I like carbs. So those last few pounds are the hard thing for me. No, I could do it because I am a very disciplined person. OK, uh, the way I've lost the weight was not only just the hiking and the exercise, but also I did intermittent fasting, too, um, where I just I, you know, I go 16 hours without eating. So what are your uh, times long- of eating? What's what's the time where you can start? And what's the time where you have to finish or, or longer sometimes? Um, I generally eat. You know, after the show, shortly after the show. So I'm done by like 8 o'clock. And then I don't eat again until at least noon. Yeah, I kind of do that also, but I don't really consider it intermittent fasting. Even well, but how much be... are you eating after the fact? Like, are you just gorging? Like, you you know what my either. biggest problem is right now? And it's true. Seriously, the, the truth of the matter is this. When you eat late, it's a bad deal. When you eat carbs late, it's really bad. Because your body needs, like, I don't know, 8 to 12 hours to process carbs. So if you have a burger at eight o'clock at night with bread and you go to sleep at 11 o'clock you're asking your body to process that while it's not active and so it's just sitting on you 
So now what I've been doing wait, recently. Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Did you just say it takes 8 to 12 hours to process carbs? Yeah. Where, 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 where did you get that? From a dietitian. You think I just made it up? What dietitian told you that? You think it's inaccurate? Yes. Why is that? Because if you literally Google it mm-hmm. from the Cleveland Clinic, okay, okay this is not like some rinky-dink place. Okay. Um, it tells you it takes simple carbohydrates such as plain rice, pasta, or simple sugars average between 30 and 60 minutes in your stomach. Yeah, but if you're sleeping on it, if you eat carbs late and then you sleep, you're no longer active. So you can process things while you're awake and you're active and you're walking around and you're living and you're doing things. But if you eat carbs late at night and you sleep for six to eight hours, you're asking your body to process something while it's not active. So I know that, you know, we can Google all this stuff. I'm, I'm just going by what a, I've had a dietitian write some diets for me on occasion where I've lost a bunch of weight when I was training for a triathlon or, a, you know, a cross-country bike ride. You know, things where I, I was like, dude, I need to lose 15 pounds. And it's real simple. I mean, I'll give this advice to everybody. If you want to lose weight and you like carbs, like I know I love bread, I love rice, I love pizza, I have a hard time staying away from carbs. If you want to lose weight, stop eating carbs after 3 p.m. every day. It's super simple. If you have the discipline, if you stop eating carbs after 3 p.m., you will notice dramatic weight loss in 30 days. Seriously. It has worked for me time and time again. Don't sleep on the carbs. That's my biggest problem. Whoa, it's 11 o'clock at night. I want a slice of pizza. Well, then you have that pizza. Man, it's just going to sit on you while you're sleeping. At what point do we just say, I like food, so I'm going to eat the food because I like it? Well, that seems to be the problem here. (laughs) Right. But I like it. I think that's that's what I'm having trouble with, though, is that I like to eat. I like food. I don't want to sit there and be angry at myself. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm starving and I'm not being able to eat with anything I want. So I just eat. Yeah. I, I also think you're like, your dietitian was wrong. Like everything <laughs> I'm reading here on the internet is the complete right now, opposite she, of this. She's, she's a best selling New York Times best selling author. Okay. okay. Oh, has, I'm just, I'm reading things like from the Harvard Medical Institute and like the Cleveland Clinic that says oh, that it's George, completely I mean, wrong. Everybody's got, everybody's got their own, you know, uh, diet tactics and their own beliefs and their own philosophies and whatever. And, and listen, is she a medical doctor? Is she a PhD? No, but I will tell you this. I said, New York Times bestselling author, who, by the way, created a, a juice brand. But, but that- I understand. But my point is, like, meat actually takes way longer to digest, which is why you get the meat sweats at night. Mm. That actually sits in your stomach. Whereas carbs take, you know, anywhere from, like, you know, 30 minutes, depending on how simple they are, to like maybe up to four hours. But but meat can stay in your <laughs> you can take take you almost two days to digest like red well, meat. Well what do you think what do you think would be better for weight loss? You ready? It's it's eight o'clock at night. You can either have a chicken breast by itself, or you can have a chicken breast with two pieces of bread. So No, of course the bread is worse for you because literally it all turns into sugar. Well, there you go. But my and but then your body is but not that, but that's not anything to do with the way it digests in your stomach. Well, all right, so George, listen, I, I'm not the dietitian, okay? Well, I'm your not, dietitian's a phony. No, not not the case at all. Has written brilliant diets for me, and they've all worked excellently. I mean, uh, clearly maybe, not and, so great. You're still complaining about your muffin top. Well, that's because I'm not following them. That's the problem. Well, okay. now, 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 that's then a that's different a story. Issue that's you. a whole different deal. Okay, 
But seriously, like if, if, if you, I love carbs, so I, I will eat carbs and I have a hard time turning away from carbs. Yeah. But if you want to lose some weight, and this is what I do, just stop beating them after 3 p.m. That's all. Simple. And how has that worked? It's worked fantastic. It's worked brilliantly. Except you're not it. actually following it. Correct. Ah. All right, yeah. we never got to the Derek Carr thing, but I, uh, I do want to get into that because the numbers are astonishing. Even for Raider fans, I don't think you could ever have believed this. We'll do that after big deal or no deal. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A big deal. It's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends in Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's right, Greg? All right. So just like on Radio Tinder, I don't know if you've done these. So if you do, just pretend, please. Billionaires are doing billionaire things time. Elon Musk is going to send Jeff Bezos a silver medal and a giant statue of the number two after Musk past Bezos for the richest person in the world. Is this type of competition between the two a big deal or no deal? Okay, say that again. I I feel lost when you said that. Go ahead, say that again. Elon Musk is going to send Jeff Bezos a silver medal and a giant statue of the number two. For going second to the moon, right. No, 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 not second to the moon. After Musk passed Bezos for the richest person in the world. Oh! Oh my God, man, really? So is this type of competition the big deal or no deal? I mean... It's no deal for me. Like I just think it's it's like trolly, but that's kind of who the Elon Musk is. Um, I I'm just not a huge fan of his. Like I just so I'm the worst person to ask about him. But go ahead. Well, I'm gonna also say no deal. Um, and I saw Elon Musk today. He was at a conference put on by Vox Media in Beverly Hills somewhere, and he was saying that the Tesla stock price is overvalued, and he does this all the time. He manipulates the stock price by by talking about the stock price. But I suppose now he probably can, now that he's been removed as chairman from Tesla. But I saw Amazon today was down huge. Uh, when I say huge, I mean, you know, it could be 30 or $40 swing, but it's a $3,300 stock. So I just find, you know, I find it a little distasteful, frankly, that um, we're having this sort of, uh, you know, who's his bigger competition about who's got more billions. I'm not into it. No deal. All right, on to the next one. All right, so it's obviously way too early to talk about college basketball, but as you know, I'm a UCLA Hawk. Oh, yeah, I but not for care. you, pal. No, not for me. It's always time. They announced their the UCLA announced their schedule today and they play some really big games. Oh, the, really? I want to hear this cuz I haven't been to Pauley Pavilion since Lonzo was there. Uh, didn't you go with me, Greg, or no? I did. I did go with yes, you. Yes, it yeah. was you, me, Ben Lyons and Danny Corrales who was the producer of the Jump at the time. Yep, yep. Like uh, Villanova at home. Early in Ooh, the season. That's good. Yep. That is a good game. Gonzaga in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Marquette on the road right. and US it on and UNC in Vegas also. Mm. So is scheduling this type of competition a big deal or no deal? Big deal. Um, I think if you want to be the best, you gotta beat the best. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! 
Um, at the Villanova game, I've already circled November 12th. Let me see what day that is. I want to make sure. Sounds like a weekday. Uh, no, no, that's, uh, yeah, you're right. It is a Friday. It was, it, you, you were right by one day. Um, November 12th, Friday night at Pauly. Mm, that's going to be tough for us to make, yeah, I feel well, like. But tip off. Oh, it's going to be shortly after the show starts. Not much longer. Um, I mean, maybe I can get there for the second half, so. Maybe, but traffic, yeah, that's going to be hard. Damn, they couldn't have been a Saturday? Oh, well. Um, that was the game I really would like to go to. You know, Greg, before I determine if this is a big deal or no deal, tell me this. The two games in Vegas, yep. are they part of some kind of a preseason tournament of some sort? So Gonzaga is not. Gonzaga is just a game against Gonzaga that they scheduled. And I don't think that UNC, UNC might be. I don't have it in front of me because my computer died. You mean UNLV? So. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, UNC it, is here in L.A. No? No, I think it's in Vegas. Do you have it in front? I mean, I don't have my computer in front of me anymore because it died for okay. being on the radio for six hours. I so. will uh, – <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> so, here, I have it in front of me, yes. Las Vegas, they are playing Gonzaga, UNLV, obviously. And then – oh, you're right, they are playing. Uh, yeah, there is a uh, – it is like a mini tournament against um, North Carolina. It's like a little mini. But it's not like a tournament where they're playing like a round robin. Yeah. Uh, and the Gonzaga one is as well because they're playing something called Bellarmine. Bellarmine? I don't know who that is. Mm, me neither. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll still go big deal because, listen, if you're UCLA and you believe that your basketball program is going to rise yet again to national prominence like the history of the program, uh, you got to go out and play as many of these kinds of games as you can. Now, it's interesting to me that they're playing in Vegas as part of a preseason-y kind of a thing because a lot of times UCLA is not going to want to go to Gonzaga. You know, UCLA is definitely not going to want to go to North Carolina. They probably don't mind going to Vegas, but but even going to play UNLV at UNLV is probably not something that they necessarily want to do because they don't want to have a home-and-home. Home, okay, know? I am in on this because they are playing Villanova at 8.30 Pacific on ESPN2. Ooh. Boom! We and can that's make that's on the that game. Friday night. That's on a Friday yeah. night, November twelfth. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's so really we can good. make the game. Yeah. Now from my house right now is forty five minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm on the west side, so it's easier for me to get to. Um, but I'm in Bergman. If you want to go to the game, I'm in. Yeah, I'm down to go. Absolutely. Yeah, as long as I don't have like a a, a game a college game on the thirteenth that I, I have to fly to on Friday, uh, or an NBA game that I have to be at on a Friday, I am in. Like I am. I am penciled in. I can't put it in pen because I don't have the schedules for my college football or my NBA stuff yet. I got to look at my daughter's college soccer schedule and see if there's a game on that Friday night, November 12th. If not, I'm happy to go too. Um, that's a good game. I mean, UCLA hosting Villanova, that's a really good game. And I give Villanova a lot of credit for coming all the way out west yeah. and, and being willing to take on that kind of a game. Um, when they scheduled it, which I don't know when that was, but they may have looked at UCLA and thought, well, hey, good opportunity for us to go out west and you know, take down a, a, a traditional power. But I mean, the, the kind of season UCLA had last year and the players that they've got returning, a pretty dangerous spot for Villanova and a really good opportunity for UCLA. So I'll go big deal. Dude, I love that. I, I hope I don't have a game on like if if i have that a game that weekend i hope it's um it's an nfl game so i can fly on saturday because i would absolutely want to i want to be at that game that game is going to be awesome so there you go on to the next one 
All right, so I needed another question because I wanted to have at least three, and it came to me while I was uh, trying to make these questions in the middle of Mason in Ireland. I found myself not paying attention to the show to write them, and they kept asking me questions. Probably happened about once or twice, and I had to say, I'm doing something else. And basically not doing my job, but kind of doing my job at the same time. So is this a big deal or no deal? (laughs) Well, I would say it's no deal because you were thrusted into a situation in an emergency situation. Lynn's couldn't make the show today. So because of that, you found out, an hour before the show, or two hours before the show started. No, 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 so you no, no, no. To- I found out when the show started. Oh, really? Because I found out around like two o'clock. I feel like. Oh well, two o'clock. Well, two. Oh, it's two hours before your show. Okay. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Mason yeah, we got a text. We received a text from management saying Bergman's producing today. Yeah, at like two o'clock. So, but still, that only gives you two hours to get ready for our show. Um, so I say no deal. You had to do what you had to do. You were double dipping. Like I'm thankful that you double dipped. I'm going to say big deal. I'm going to say that, uh, you know, really, you got to focus on one thing at a time. You know, you got to play one game at a time. You can't look ahead, you know. So you focus on this game, and then we'll worry about the next game next week. So by not paying attention to Mason and Ireland, that would now explain why John Ireland was calling you names today. You clearly weren't into the show. You clearly want to just do the opposite of Sedano this time, wasn't it? Yeah, I felt like we were on the same page too much. (laughs) You had to go the opposite way. I love it. I love it. You got that right. That's all I got left. All right. That is big deal or no deal. (laughs) That is big deal or no deal. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, Poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Um, Bergman, how long does it take you to get to Pauly? Well, I guess from the studio it would probably be like 35 minutes, right? No, it actually doesn't take that much time. From the studio, I could probably get there in... Yeah, you just have to go minutes, down the 10. 25 minutes, yeah. It just, get on I, the 405, going, right? Yeah. Leaving, leaving here and going down the 10 to the, is, it does not take very much time because you're going against At traffic. At 7 o'clock. Well, right, yeah. That late. Well, but you'd be doing Mason in Ireland that day. I was almost assuming like you'd be doing this show. <laughs> right. Um, no, right. But, so you'd be... You, you, what would you do in that? Would you go home and then go? Or would no, you, or would no, you no, stay no. at the office? I think I would stay at the office because, yeah, I don't want to go home and then leave. Once I'm home, I'm comfortable. But I did this right. the other day, just last week, actually. I went from here at right around 4, 5 o'clock, and it was quick. I went from here, the studio in downtown, to Venice, and I made it there in like 20, 25 minutes. Nice. Why don't we, why don't we broadcast from there? I don't know what uh, – I don't think we can do that. We don't have the rights. Can't do, I mean, yeah, but it's not the no, game. I mean, it doesn't work like that. We can't do it. Come on. Got to be a workaround. I mean, I'm just telling you, Bergman. Go ahead, tell no, me. No, we are not the Thank we're not you. the UCLA station. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Well, it. maybe we find some place closer that we can broadcast from. Here, or just to give you an example, like yeah. with the the Dodgers, we can't broadcast from the Dodger game because we're not the Dodger station. No, I got. I get how it works. I've been well, around a couple of days. You're I, asking I understand. Question, well, but, you were asking questions. But well, you I'm did ask saying, the question. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying maybe there's a workaround. You know what I mean? Maybe there's some way we could kind of think about it a little bit. 
Um, like a bar in Westwood is more Yeah, doable. that's what I'm thinking. I mean, maybe we were right, somewhere Right, but I mean, nearby. then you're asking a bar to spend money, and it's the pandemic, and I mean, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, but maybe in, you know, pre-COVID, that would have been a lot easier to pull off, I feel like, you know? Well, I'll just say this. Um, we could all meet at the ESPN studios, uh, and we could all just go over together. Uh, I know, listen, in the next week or so, what's today's date? Wait, Is but if it- we all go over together, then what, you mean like in the same car? It doesn't have to be in the same car. It doesn't, you know, oh, okay. it's kind of like what's the know, whole point of doing that The movie saying? swingers where everybody goes and they're all driving their own cars, you know, bar to bar. Right. Um, but next week, I think on October 7th, is that a Thursday? Is that next Thursday? I don't know uh, if anybody has a calendar open right now. I'm I have a calendar open. But, uh, so, yes, October 7th is a Thursday. Yeah. Is next Thursday. So that's the day where I'm going to be at SoFi Stadium right. doing Kicking a stadium fields. tour with yeah. a lot of of 710 listeners we've got like i don't know 30 to 40 people that are all coming that day and from about 12 in the afternoon till about two in the afternoon we're going to tour the stadium we're going to see the locker rooms we're going to run out of the tunnel we're going to go see the luxury suites and then we're going to get down on the field and do like a field goal kicking punt passing kick competition this would be a lot of fun so i know i'm planning on being at the studio that day and Listen, if you guys want to do November 13th on a Friday, I mean, if everybody's schedule allows, that's a great basketball game. I mean, UCLA Villanova, that is great, man. Yeah, I love, I'd be I in love when it. schools schedule big name brand schools from other conferences in the preseason. And, you know, it's like you, you win a game like that, you chalk it up at the end of the year, like, you know, what's their schedule strength and what's their RPI and, and you know, they won this game out of conference and this team's ranked. I mean, just it, it helps and, and it doesn't hurt. If you lose, really, I mean, it hurts if you lose to a, a UNLV, but it doesn't hurt if you lose to a Gonzaga or a Villanova, generally speaking. Yeah. I uh, I don't think it would hurt you used to UNLV either. They're in, in, you know, in your conference. No, no, they're, they're not. But what I'm saying is, is that when you lose a game and the committee, if you don't win the tournament, oh, you don't win your you're saying losing to those teams because they're – you know, upper echelon right. teams. Right. If you lose you to a UNLV, that's right, the kind of they're loss not that as a, good. Oh, okay. A selection gotcha. committee gotcha. would look at that gotcha. and go, well, you know, they're on the gotcha. bubble and they lost that game. Yeah, but UCLA is going to be the. Are they preseason number one, Greg? I'm pretty sure, right? I think they're preseason number two to Gonzaga. Oh. It depends on what you look at. But yeah, they're yeah. right there at the top. They should not lose very many games yeah. with the team yeah. they're bringing back. I mean, UNC, Carolina was not that good last year. They were and no Roy bad. Williams anymore. Right, yeah, Hubert Davis is going to be the new head coach. Um, so I'm curious to see. I don't know what they're going to look like in year one. I mean, maybe they're good, maybe they're not. But, um, the, you know, you know Villanova is going to be good. You know Gonzaga is going to be good. Like, you just know that. So, hey, you know, you guys, we're talking about UCLA, right? So just let's turn it over to football for a quick second. UCLA is playing Arizona State this weekend. Greg, are you excited about your Bruins? I mean, that was a, a great comeback kind of win over Stanford after losing to Fresno State. excited? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm seeing what the defense can do and should be doing consistently. I'm still a little worried about DTR. He kind of scares me a little bit. But, yeah, look, 3-1. and one, They could easily be 6-1 and one going into Oregon. Okay. So, so that's a so big deal. UCLA plays Arizona State this weekend. USC is on the road at Colorado. We've been talking about the Rams and Arizona this week uh, at SoFi. And then on Monday night, you've got the Chargers playing uh, on the road at the Raiders. And let me ask you guys this question. All the football that's going to happen in L.A. with all the L.A. teams this upcoming weekend, what's the biggest, and listen carefully, Greg, what's the biggest football game 
the biggest football matchup in all of football this upcoming weekend? Yeah, Kaplan's basically giving it away that it's like a trick question, I feel like. Right. All right, let's see what he comes up with. Well, I mean, I got to look through all the – what's the biggest college football game this no, weekend? No, 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 no. What's biggest the biggest football game? football game this yeah. weekend? Yeah. Oh, Raiders-Chargers. Okay. All right. George, you, you, you buy that? I would say El Trafico with LAFC and LA Galaxy. How about that? That's, That's pretty football. good. That's football. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, how about a high school football game on Friday? Ah. There you go. There you go, Sedano. You're right. Yeah. yeah. How about modern day versus Bosco? Yeah, it's a big on game. Friday night. Now, you imagine a high school football game. Like in Texas, this is, you know, run of the mill kind of stuff. But in Southern California, um, you take two teams that have national reputations, national rankings. You pack a stadium with 6,000-plus people, and you put the game on national television. I would argue that perhaps the modern-day versus Bosco game on Friday night, in comparison to all the other games, UCLA, USC, Rams, Raiders, I might say the high school game on Friday night might be the biggest, most interesting game of the entire weekend. It's very possible that that's the case. Um, and shout out to those kids and, and the coaches and whatnot. I think it'll be a fun atmosphere and a fun game. And there's always a lot of big time prospects that play in those games. Um, speaking of which, I want to pay off our tease. Go for it. Big games, char- you know, Chargers, Raiders. So Derek Carr, like we talked about the Raiders defense being surprisingly good. And that's the big difference. And that's really what's going to carry them. But Derek Carr deserves clearly his love and his flowers. Derek Carr, here's some numbers for you is the second QB in NFL history, okay? NFL history, only the second, with at least 1,200 passing yards in a 3-0 and start. The other was, Kaplan, take a guess. Uh, this is a – it's so funny you say that because I'm just racking my brain going, okay, what quarterback – all right, I'll, how about this? I'll take a guess. You ready? Dan Marino. Uh, no, but that's a good guess. Uh, Bergman, would you want to take a guess? Uh, Brady. No, it's Kirk okay. Warner with the Rams back oh, in 2000. Uh, I, my, my next guess was going to be Peyton Manning. Yeah. Um, and Derek Carr, get this. Like, this is stuff that people don't know enough about Derek Carr. Like, he has been very clutch in close games. Uh, if you get him in a close game, he generally d- does do well. Um, Derek Carr, on game-winning drives, okay, he, he has had game-winning drives on over 25% of his games since 2015. Now, that also talks about how the Raiders' defense isn't always that good. Right, However, in close games, right. Yeah, but 25 game-winning drives since 2015 is the most during that span. Like, Derek Carr, you know, as much as we looked at Keyshawn sideways when he said the elite stuff, I mean, he's been pretty elite for sure. I mean, Cap, I also, you know, you Greg can piggyback off of you about the way you've seen Derek Carr to this point. But, like, I mean, those numbers speak for themselves. Well, I think the one thing about Derek Carr that you, you just kind of look at his career, but you got to dig deeper. And I've talked about this in the past. When you get drafted, by the way, in the second round, and you're immediately thrust into a starting job. You know, this isn't a guy who's a number one overall pick. Hey, look, j- just look at what's happening in Chicago this year with Justin Fields. You know, people were like, no, he needs to wait. That's why Andy Dalton's the starting quarterback, of course, until he got hurt. And then Justin Fields goes out this past weekend and gets sacked nine times against Cleveland. But, you know, people would say that. He's not ready yet. Well, Derek Carr came into the league, and he was thrust right in. And he wasn't a first-round pick. And what's happened in Derek Carr's career is actually quite amazing. The number of head coaches that he's had in a short period of time, 
the number of offensive coordinators that he's had, the move. And by the way, it's not just going from Oakland to Vegas. It's the years that preceded the move and all the negativity and nastiness that was around. I can tell you guys that I did a game, a broadcast up there a couple years ago, and we assumed this was the last game at the Coliseum. And I want to say it was the Raiders against the Broncos. And then what happened is Mark Davis was able to work out the lease with Oakland, so they actually went back the following year when they could have been a homeless NFL football team, and they played the first game of the year against the Broncos. I was there for both of those games, and you could feel it. There There were people protesting outside the stadium. There were people taking chairs and things out of the stadium. It was a nasty time. So you, you got to remember, it's not just about what has happened on the field with Derek Carr. It's everything else that's happened around him. All the head coaches, offensive coordinators, this move, the, the, what preceded the move. It's been a lot of, of stuff that Derek Carr has had to deal with. And for him to still be a Raider and for him to have put up these kinds of numbers and for him to now be progressing towards, progressing towards through three games considered one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, it's, it's damn impressive. It really is. So he's a guy that doesn't really turn the ball over very often, and that's something that we've talked about in years past. I know he has a couple this year already, but for the most part, he's not that guy. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he broke his back. That was what really kind of set him off into a, in a situation where he wasn't playing all that well, but he, he literally broke his back. So it, he's always had the, all the, he's had everything that he needed to do, and he's been good and not turning the ball over. So now it's, you're just starting to see it more. He has a defense behind him now that you guys were talking about earlier. And so they're actually winning games that, because of their because of their defense and that you he was Derek Carr was always going to be the guy that he is putting up points putting up yards getting putting the guys into position to succeed but now he has a, that backbone of the defense that's actually showing you like oh look he can be a good quarterback and they're going to win games yeah no I agree it, it's hey, been an uh, awesome season for him for sure hey, uh, cap quickly because we have yeah. like 20 yeah. seconds hey um top of the eighth inning Milwaukee four St Louis zero so that loss. It could happen tonight for St. Louis yeah. after 17 straight. Yeah, it's over for them. The Dodgers are going to win. It's going to be fine. That's just the reality. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be fine. You guys need to relax. Just all I'm saying is relax. R-E-L-E, R-E-L-A-X. Sorry, I didn't do the Aaron Rodgers thing right. <laughs> all right, we're done. Kaplan, great job. Great Greg, thank job, you for, guys. for filling in. Alex, excellent work. We'll talk to you mañana. See ya.